Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome back once again to Monster Movie Funtime Go and our 31 Days of Horror. Day number seven. I am Precious D and with me once again is Honeybee and today we are looking at Resident Evil Retribution. Yeah, baby fifth movie in the series from 2012 two years after the previous movie but picking up directly after it let's get the stats here stat me right up is uh there'll be plenty of time for that later it (laughs) is 96 minutes in color 65 million dollar budget 240.2 million Cost a little more than the last one, made a little bit less, but still worth the investment. Totally. It totally is. And that kind of surprises me because I just feel like this one was, yeah, I feel like, don't, I feel like this one was so much better. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it stars Mila. Oh, it is also directed again by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Paul W.S. Anderson. He wrote all of them, but he didn't direct all of them. Stars Mila as Alice and her clones. Sienna Gilroy as Jill Valentine. Michelle Rodriguez is back yeah. as Reino Campo, sort of. Ariana Engineer? This woman's name is Engineer? As Becky? That's very old-fashioned, like being named after your occupation. <laughs> uh, that's the, the child, the little deaf girl. Lee Bingbing as the woman with the most amusing name in Hollywood, and Ada Wong, a former operative of Umbrella. Boris Koji as Luther West. He's back from the last right. one. Right, welcome back, Luther. Johan Erb as Leon S. Kennedy. That is another character from the video games. Ada okay. Wong, I think, is from the video games also. Robin. Kasyanov as Sergi, Kevin Durand as Barry Burton, Ophilo Portillo as Tony, Oded Fair is back as hey. Carlos Oliveira, and Colin Salmon Dad. is back from the first movie as James One Shade, Sean Roberts unfortunately is back as Albert Wesker. I don't like his performance. Me either. Oh, you don't like his like the actor? Actor's performance? I mean, all I can think of is that I know him from is this, and he's not good. <laughs> he's stiff and annoying. Toshio Oki as Japanese policeman. Takoto Yamashita as Japanese businessman. Mika Nakashima as J-pop girl. A patient one biohazard creature. They basically reuse her scene from the previous movie. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it. Actually, we mentioned her being in it, but we didn't mention how there's a little thing at the beginning showing the outbreak in Japan. And we see that again, but Alice is there this time. We'll get to that. 
Megan Carpentier as the Red Queen, an on and off again renegade artificial intelligence. It says voiced by Ava Mearson O'Brien. So somebody else did the voice of the Red Queen. Weird. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe the little girl just wasn't very good. (laughs) Maybe they got an adult to come in. Uh, So... Should we talk about her outfit before or after the summary? <laughs> uh, both. Okay, this time. Uh, okay, let's talk about it partway through when we get to it. How about that? Okay, sure. Because she starts out in the, la- the outfit she was in in the last film because it picks up right, right directly. Yeah, directly after. Alice and the raiders of the Umbrella Corporation freighter Arcadia are attacked by a fleet of tilt rotors led by Alice's brainwashed former ally Jill Valentine. But the attack is presented in a very interesting way. There's a slow song playing as things move in reverse in slow motion. Alice starts out underwater and then gets sucked up out of the water and onto the deck of the ship. And we see this whole attack happening in reverse until it hits a certain point. It does not disappoint. I was just going to say, like, what an opening. Like, it's it's a great opening. So this is our opening credits. And then once it hits a certain point, I guess basically where the attack begins, then it starts forward and at full speed. And these planes come and just shoot up everything, and Alice gets knocked off the boat and into the water. And... I guess knocked unconscious because she ends up captured and it says the fates of Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield and Kmart are left ambiguous. And, and then we cut to an Alice clone and I don't know if it's exactly clear to us right off that it is a clone. No, it isn't. It's kind of confusing. Uh, Because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what's happened to her, but Alice wakes up in the suburbs living with her husband, Todd, who who is Oded Fair, and her deaf daughter, Becky. And here we get a glimpse of the life that might have been had this not all happened. This <laughs> Yeah, and when I say <laughs> this whole zombie thing, I, I mean it in the best way, like the way that you want it to be yeah. confusing, where you're like on the edge of your seat, like, what the yeah. fuck is going on here? Right. Right. But uh, Alice clearly had feelings for Carlos oh, in yeah. the previous movies, and yeah. but they never had the chance for anything to happen. Right. So now we see what their life might have been like. And they have this daughter, and even though she's deaf, it seems like, you know, they, they're all dealing with it well, and they have a nice life, and are a loving family, and then zombies attack revealing the suburbia as Raccoon City during the contamination incident. Alice and Becky drive away from the undead with the help of Rain Ocampo, so Todd gets it. The zombies get him. As they escape, they're hit by a truck, knocking Rain unconscious. Alice hides Becky inside another house, but is killed by a zombified Todd. Is it another house, or they go back to their house? Because Todd's there. I thought they went back into their own house. Yeah, I think it is their house. It has to be, right? Yeah. Also, um, ran next door. Yeah. Also, rain is not like the rain that we've seen before, where she's like a hard ass, like right. She just seems like some. Yeah, she's a very different rain. Mm -hmm. She's a suburban driving mom of some kind. Yeah. Or mom type. Uh, Meanwhile, the captured Alice 
awakens in an underground facility and is interrogated by Jill. So she's in the middle of this great big white room. And once again, she's in her paper dress. Paper gown. <laughs> uh, her two pieces of paper with some clips. During a, And it seems like this been going, it goes on for a long time. And she's just not responding. She's refusing. She's refusing to participate. During a power failure, Alice escapes her cell, rearms, and finds herself in a simulation of Shibuya Square, Tokyo. Okay, but before we get to that, the power goes off, and then the Red Queen tells her, go. Some voice is counting down how much time there is till the power reboots. And the Red Queen comes on and tells her, hey, get some shit and go. The, a little drawer opens with some equipment. And of all the impossible things that we have to willingly suspend our disbelief about in these movies, the most impossible to believe is that she got this outfit on in under two minutes. There's oh no way. God. No way. This is a skin tight black, looks sort of cotton unitard with then things over top of it, a corset and some sort of leathery pants things that go over the fabric and boots and some kind of arm pieces and, and straps, and, uh, holsters and such. But the whole thing has so many buckles on it, both in front and in back, that there's just absolutely no way she got into it by herself and no way that she did that in under two minutes. It's uh, And, and the, the boots are kind of platform boots. It's not immediately obvious because it's all just so black and blends in with the rest of it. But I remember listening to a commentary track where she was talking about her entrance into the hallway and how she had to be very careful not to fall over when she stops and turns. So it's all very S&M looking and she's very tightly bound up in it. And mommy, I'm just not sorry. Believing she... mommy, sorry. <laughs> mommy, sorry. Mommy, <laughs> sorry. I'm just not believing she got into this outfit by herself. Also, her hair is black. It looks so black. Hot. Right, but when did this happen? Her hair was red in the first movie. Then it got sort of progressively browner as she well, was because in the first unable movie, to main... she could yeah she could dye her hair before everything yeah. happened. As she's unable to maintain her dying regimen, and her then, hair gets browner. Yeah, it goes but to now brown it's, because it's like now washing it out. Seems like someone. This is her. Now it seems like someone hair. has dyed it black. You think? No. I. Th it's. I mean, I know it's not Mila's natural hair. It does. Her hair's kind of dark in the last movie, but now it just looks straight up black. And it seemed like when they were interrogating her. They took the time to dye her hair first. I didn't I notice. Know. Yeah, it's a look at the pictures. It's very black. Anyway, she puts on the outfit, goes down the hallway and opens a door, or there's a door open, and she finds herself in what appears to be the middle of Tokyo. And here we get the replay of the outbreak scene from the previous movie, except Alice is there now. And she... Uh, fights her way back into the hallway and then zombies follow her and she uh, has a cool fight with a mace on a chain, <laughs> a flail of some kind in the hallway and her guns. And it kind of looks like maybe she's got her powers back. 
with some of the jumps that she makes. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, it does. It does feel that way, but I'm not sure if it's meant to. Right. Like. Yeah, because she's actually given them because she was she was a badass before she had the power yeah that's true that's true just so the size is the size of some of these jumps is just a bit Mm -hmm. much yeah but she is explicitly given back her powers at the end of the movie fighting her way against zombies she enters a control room filled with undead umbrella employees no not undead just dead dead umbrella employees and encounters ada wong one of albert wesker's top agents Wesker appears on a screen explaining that both no longer serve Umbrella and the power outage was staged by him. Wesker also reveals that the Red Queen, one of Alice's arch enemies, was reactivated after the Hive incident and now controls Umbrella. Yeah, I feel like this this moment is like just like the what? Oh, so it wasn't the Red Queen telling her to get out earlier. It was it was either Ada um, or Wesker. Yeah. He continues that the facility is underwater formerly a Soviet naval outpost in Kamchatka, Russia, designated by Umbrella for manufacturing clones, like you do, and creating simulated outbreaks to show the effects of the T-virus. I think they're burying the lead here. This is insane. Yeah. They want to set up these little scenarios to show prospective buyers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so they got a little Japanese set up to show Chinese buyers and an American one to show the Russians and a Russian one to show the Americans as if that really matters. But they're populating these simulations with clones. And that's the real story there. That's the real thing they should be selling is this cloning technology, not this uncontrollable T-virus crap. They can make a fortune selling clones not not soldiers cloning soldiers is stupid and it's a waste of resources but cloning people for organs there's always someone who's going to want their brain put into a younger body or some or or organs or some you know some exploitive bullshit or, or you could uh just clone cows to the, the the their ability to create clones is um quite extraordinary and, yeah because you know, it's like a huge ass like warehouse with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of right. people just like in a line and we don't see what sort of res- it doesn't look like they're using a lot of resources to maintain the clones so just clone a bunch of cows and feed the world or some shit uh i don't know i think they're just they're they're working on the wrong project they're developing the wrong technology uh, anyway, that so that's what Thanks. we saw in Stay suburbia. Old, boy. <laughs> that's what we saw was a cloned Alice and a cloned uh, Carlos, and this little girl is a clone. And, and, a, and eventually, Rain. a clone, yeah, cloned Rain, and the whole star scene so, from the first film. Ada and Alice aim to rendezvous with a rescue crew organized by Wesker, which includes Leon S. Kennedy, Barry Burton, and Luther West, Alice's former ally. Leon's team plants explosives near the entrance of the facility, which will detonate in two hours to ensure its destruction. The group plans to meet with Alice and Ada in the Raccoon City suburbia area. In a New York City simulation, Alice and Ada defeat two executioners. That's the big axe man from the previous movie, but now there's two of him. 
Leon's team enters a Moscow simulation, but is surrounded by a heavily armed Las Plagas undead horde. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about there. I have no idea. Uh, it's just, I, it's just, oh, the plague? They're just zombies. They're zombies is what they are. <laughs> I don't know why they're calling them that. The link just, just leads to zombies in Resident Evil. Anyway, in the suburban setting, Alice and Ada encounter Becky, who mistakes Alice for her clone mother and is instantly attached to her. And Alice instantly attaches to the girl as well. Mm-hmm. She she just bonds with her right away and is like, okay, this is my baby now. I'm going to take care of her and jeopardize everything else for her. And not that I'm not saying that's wrong. Just that's the kind of great person. That's the Alice kind is, of mother. That's the kind of motherly instinct we want to see. Yep. They also find Jill and the clones of Alice's deceased allies, James One Shade, evil Reino Campa, and Carlos Oliveira, who are sent to capture them. During a shootout, Ada gives Alice her smart glasses and grappling hook so that she and Becky can find their way out. Before Ada is separated, the two encounter the good clone of Rain in the Moscow simulation. She's very confused. <laughs> She's like, what yeah. is this? Why is everything in Russian? Alice gives her a weapon to help keep Becky safe. Then she rescues Leon's surviving crew from the barrage of Las Plagas zombies and a giant liquor. Which also, I just have to like pause here. I'm so sorry because there was one point in the second movie, I believe it is. Is it the second movie? Yeah, when Jill Valentine like hands someone mm-hmm. a gun and they're like, I've never shot a gun. And she's like, she's like here and hands them a gun and then just like walks out. And I was like, oh my gosh, she didn't even... Like anything, and at this point, this is what I was talking about. Alice actually like shows her how to hold it, help puts her finger on the trigger, like at least gives her something. Right. Well, you know what? Make sure they understand the how the safety works, so they don't call the pull yeah. the trigger and nothing happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Once United, the group reaches the submarine pens in the facility exit, but are ambushed by Jill's team. During the ensuing fight, Becky is captured by the liquor, and Good Rain is killed. Alice rescues Becky. Oh, sorry, Alice rescues Becky and kills the liquor. Barry sacrifices himself, holding the umbrella operatives off long enough to ensure the others escape. The explosives at the entrance go off. Leon and Luther escape, rapid flooding, while Alice and Becky survive through the ventilation system and there's a scene here where alice and becky walk into a room a, a huge chamber full of clones on a, like a conveyor belt mm-hmm. and some of them are alice and some of them are becky i don't know if what's up with becky being deaf i don't know if all of her clones are deaf i don't know if that's just a th- random yeah. thing they programmed in they might just they mentioned that alice is one of their basic templates and they can kind of program her to be anything so they might just throw that in there to mix things up and add some natural variation into the situation 
I don't know, it isn't explained. But Becky freaks the fuck out. And for the first time, it occurs to her that Alice might not be her mother. And she says, she's like, who are they? Who are they? Yeah. Are you not my mother? Yeah, she says, you're she not are mom, you not, are you? Or something, or, or are you not my mother? Or something like that. And anyway, Alice says, I am now. So uh, formalizing what has already been happening, that she's going to just take over taking care of this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on the surface, anyway, I just really liked what was going on with Alice and the girl, Becky. On the surface, their snowmobile is knocked over by Jill's submarine. Jill and Evil Rain confront the group, holding Ada as a hostage. During the ensuing fight, Alice is able to tear the mind-controlling scarab off Jill's chest, returning her to normal. Meanwhile, Rain, now enhanced with superhuman strength and healing thanks to the Las Pegas, thanks to the Las Plagas parasite, Injection. joins the fight. Yeah, she just shoots some uh, parasites into her blood. It is crazy. Uh, she joins the fight, kills, kills Luther. Poor it, Luther survived all that shit just to buy it and, here. Yeah, and and, 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 and uh, see how she does it, and they show it. I remember what what other movie was that happened this way, where they would show like the bones cracking, like they would zoom in. And oh like, yeah, the skeletal. Uh, I've seen it in a few different movies, but yeah, they sort of do this X-ray effect as the bullets going through the skin and hitting bones and stuff. I think they do it a couple times in this. They haven't done it up till now. No. But I really, yeah, they do it in this. So they show like his ribs cracking and then his heart stopping because she like hits him. So this like shit, yeah. she injects herself with like gives her like as soon as she injects it, like boom, 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 people start like shooting and then like she's automatically just like healing herself and shit. She's mm-hmm. like, I like, oh, it's so good. This scene is so good. This was one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie was like rain <laughs> just like going crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, she also knocks out Leon. Uh, I think there's something, it's sort of implied there's something between uh, Leon and Ada. Realizing she is too powerful to fight, Alice shoots the ice under Rain, who is dragged underwater by swimming zombies from the undersea installation. Alice, Jill, and the remaining survivors travel to Wesker's headquarters, a heavily barricaded and fortified White House, staffed by the remainders of the U.S. Armed Forces. Alice meets Wesker in the Oval Office, where he injects her with another strand of the T-Virus, returning her superhuman abilities. Damn it. Got her ass. It happens so fast. On the roof, he explains that the Red Queen is trying to wipe out humanity, and all of the remaining uninfected humans are in the base. That is not many humans. The U.S. military and remaining Umbrella Corp soldiers start defending the White House against enormous hordes of T-virus abominations. Enormous hordes. That's how they leave, leave it with just a huge cliffhanger. It's crazy. I love this one. I, I love the that they put a deaf person in this movie. We got some sign language. We yeah. love to see it. We love to see it. Um, I love that... Freaking Michelle Rodriguez came back. I love that we brought more people back than even the last movie. Um, yeah. It was so good. I, I, I love this one. I'm going to um, say that this one is like five stars for me. Yeah, I'm going to give it five also. 
very enjoyable. Uh, I also really liked the little girl. I thought it was interesting that they made her deaf. Is the actress deaf? The storyline is so good. I really loved how they just like added the little girl and the family dynamic. And like, it's so crazy to think about how they were like just making these simulations. Wow, that really fucking like, I had to take a breath. Like, that blew me away. Like, oh shit. And how they showed it to each person, like they showed Japan to like, and to sell this virus, it's just so scary. Like, any sort of bioengineered weaponry is terrifying, but like, oh man. That freaked me out. Sorry, I was looking up Ariana Engineer. She is partially deaf and uses no sign language. And she made her debut in the 2009 horror film Orphan. Nice. Oh, I fucking love that movie. I've seen it. I haven't seen the sequel yet. I haven't either, but I want to. I don't think we'll we'll get to this year, but I did not remember that much about it. So I did not remember there was a young deaf girl in it. I did, but I did not recognize her. Uh, she has not done a whole lot, though. They should put her in more in more movies. Uh, yeah, she was good. I really liked her. Really sympathized with her. Uh, it's all good. It's too bad that what's his name dies. Luther. 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 It's like uh, he was seemed like he was maybe a potential new love interest for Alice. So of course he was gonna bite it. Mm. There's no way. He was going to survive. That's uh, too bad for him. Sorry, Luther. <laughs> so there we go. Next to last movie. We will, I don't know if it'll be tomorrow's episode, but we will also be doing the final one, Resident Evil, the final chapter. And then are we going to do any of the other things like the animations or the... Uh, I don't think we have room to get to them this time. Okay, cool. We might be able to squeeze in, if I can find it, a copy of it, the reboot. I have a physical copy, but I don't don't know that I can get a digital one. I'm not spending money on it. (laughs) We'll see. I might know a guy. Uh, But uh, Becky does not appear in the next movie. I guess she's still at the White House when all the rest of this shit is happening. Sad. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume that she came out of it okay. <laughs> but oh, they yeah. uh, they really don't they really don't tell us. So thanks for joining us again, folks. Yeah, thanks, you little monsters. Remember to follow us on all our medias, our social medias. Go to mmftg.bio.link for all the links to all of our stuff. Follow us on Twitter. I want got stuff to give away, but I need more followers on Twitter, and that'll do it. I have been Precious D. And I've been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.